This episode of Millennial Pagan Podcast is dedicated to the memory of Ray Watkins, who passed to the other side on January 25th. He was the co-owner of the Astrology Store in Glendale, Arizona. Our thoughts are with his longtime partner, Dave. Welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf and Jara Stone. And in studio today, we have Jennifer Hoperich from Magical Mamas. Hello. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks. Yeah. yeah welcome. Uh, welcome to the show. Happy in bulk, everyone. Yes, in bulk. It was today or yesterday, however you look at it, or start at sunset on January 31st, but it's a beautiful day here in the valley, which means we're going to have a little bit longer of a winter. I know, yeah. The uh, uh, I, I, I guess the groundhog uh, did, did its thing. Well, I go by the older tale of if the Kaliak made the sun nice and warm so she can go get the rest of her firewood, she's going to make it a longer winter. Oh, okay. But that's just me. So there's a little snippet of stuff we did not talk about in our um, (laughs) Patreon-supported episode. But how are you, Jarrah? I'm I'm doing pretty good. A little little drained from the the ritual last night. It was a a little bit of a healing ritual, Um, but I'm feeling, feeling good, feeling fine. Yeah, ready, fancy, free, ready to to make things happen. You know, awesome. And Jennifer, how are you? Doing well. A little sleepy. I had a birth last night. Yeah, Um, but you know, doing well. Happy to be here. It's beautiful weather, like you said. And yeah, just thinking about Goddess Bridget and hoping to make a Bridget's cross from some palm fronds later on today with my little girl. We do have plenty of palm fronds around here in the desert, so that is awesome. Now, now, now just to clarify, you didn't give birth last night. (laughs) You look fantastic. (laughs) I know. Wow. This was really important to me, you guys, to be here for this podcast, okay? Left new baby at home. Like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a midwife, so I was uh, attending a birth last night. Nice. <laughs> yes. So um, we actually have you on, not to just talk about a little bit of midwifery, but mostly to focus on astrology. But before we dive into that, let's go ahead and ask you to share as much or as little as you want of your coming of witch story. Sure. I love that you guys have this segment in your podcast. I love listening to it. Um, Let's see. So it started for me, I think, really similarly to a lot of people where I was learning about the witch trials, the Salem witch trials in school. And um, I was fascinated by it. I actually went to the library and studied more about it on my own, which I had never done for anything before. Um, And then... Uh, there was, so I was born in 79. And so when, um, are you guys familiar with the band Hole? Yes. Courtney Love? Okay. Okay. All right. So her album Live Through This came out and on the inside of the album, like it was, I think I got it on tape probably, or maybe it was CD, but on the insert in there, there was this image of, uh, a heart with a witch in it. And that image just... I don't know, it just blew me away and I felt so connected and I didn't even know why or what that meant. And I actually got that image tattooed on my body. Um, and then later on, when I started studying midwifery, 
the midwifery, we call it the midwifery Bible. Um, this particular text, um, it's called Holistic Midwifery. And in the introduction, um, she dedicates the book to the, the witches who, um, who walked into the sea, um, as opposed to being, you know, burned at the stake. Um, they were the midwives who were accused of uh, witchcraft. And so when I read that, I just got showered in chills and, um, I realized that there was, yeah, something, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm covered you know, in bumps. <laughs> something in my lineage about that. Um, and then the first time that I helped to catch a baby, I had this flood of memories of doing that before. Well, I thought they were dreams that all came in. But then as I started doing more of my studies, I realized that they were past lives that I had re-experienced of being a midwife. Um, And I think that I was burned at the stake. And I've had some past life regressions um, that have led me to believe that there was some of that in my history. Um, And so when I was pregnant with my daughter... Um, she told me that I needed to learn astrology. And so (laughs) after I had her, I started diving into that. And then I started learning about goddess mythology. And I had been a midwife for a long time by that point and had been a student of nature just by being a midwife. And the more that I learned about the the wheel of the year and just how it all works together. It was like puzzle pieces that just started making sense. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of like, okay, this is why I felt this way. And this is why things work this way. Um, And so it's just been something I've been fascinated in ever since. And I love learning. Like I really enjoyed your episode about um, the witch trials. Mm -hmm. Thank you. yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just loved learning about all of that. Um, and it's interesting because I think with religion, um, like I don't identify myself as Wiccan, but I do identify myself as a witch, um, because I feel like it's so all encompassing and it's so, there's so much freedom for exploration of what you truly believe is and feel is right for yourself. So it's been an evolution for sure, but those are just some little snippets of things that were meaningful to me along the way. No, that was awesome. Thank yeah. you for sharing. So what um what 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 would you say is like your your everyday practice uh, if if you have one? Yeah, well, um, a lot of what I do is tuning into goddess energy. So like. Um, well, I have an altar, and so I set that up at the new moon, um, and it, it feels really good to be linking up with the moon cycles. I'm a Cancer sun, so um, and then we'll talk more about that <laughs> as we go forward. Um, but I love the moon, and so like linking up with the moon helps me a lot. So I have like a little almanac, and I'll look and see what sign the moon is in. Um, and kind of feel out my day and that gives me some grace, you know, like if I'm feeling really upset, well, maybe, you know, there's an astrological reason for that, you know, or something that maybe I'm just really tuned in to what's happening in the heavens. Um, and so I also do a, a daily practice of, um, well, I have like a little reminder that pops up on my phone three times a day, um, that says get present And I just will close my eyes and take in a nice deep breath and just feel what it feels like to be in this moment. Um, And I I call like 
God, I call it goddess or her, like what, what she's telling me, what, how I can connect with her, how I can be in service to her. So those are just some, you know, having the altar and then the daily check-ins all throughout the day. I like that using using the te- the technology to remind yourself to to be able to do that, especially in in today's uh, high pace, high high velocity world. You know, just to be able to take that moment and just realize where you are. I like that. Yeah, it's huge. Like bringing myself present, it gives me so much peace because generally speaking, like, you know, 99% of the time, there's not an emergency going on. Like Mm -hmm. usually Mm -hmm. things are pretty good, you know, if you can get present to it. No, I love that. I might actually borrow that from you and do that. (laughs) Now I'm thinking like, when in my day am I like, do I notice that I don't see the clock and I don't think about where I'm at and who I, what I'm doing. So that that's, I like that. Do you, um, so you get in touch with goddess. Is there a particular goddess that you connect with or is it just goddess in general? It's my girl, Artemis. Ah, She (laughs) is my girl. So Artemis, she's, um, She's the goddess of birth and midwifery. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, there's just so many things that I love about her. Um, but, you know, she, she's, a, she's a virgin goddess, which means that she it, – it, 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 virgin goddess doesn't mean that they're goddesses who didn't ever have conquests or have sex. It means that they were never married, so they never belonged to anybody. And so when she um, – so she asked her father, Zeus, that she never be married. <laughs> that was like, he told her she could like ask for some stuff. And that was like her main thing. I just never want to be married. <laughs> don't, don't hook me up with nobody. I want my freedom, my world. Yeah. So she just is very free like that. And um, when she was born, you know, her twin brother is Apollo. So her mom was on this island by herself uh, when she was giving birth. And she gave birth to Artemis first. And Artemis came out really easily. And it was like no big deal for her mom. And then her brother Apollo was really difficult for her mom to birth. And so Artemis stepped in and was a midwife to her mom um, to assist her with the birth of her little brother. And so that's why she's all into birth and midwifery and she also like she got to choose a band of warriors to be with her and she chose um, a group of nine-year-old girls who would never age Um, and so that's who runs around with her in the forest protecting all the animals and nature it's just so cool it's adorable (laughs) yeah it's very um peter pan like almost yeah Yeah. that's neat and i i just had this image of uh of of artemis just just walking out and being like all right, uh, he's having some problem back there. Let me uh, take care of things here. Come on, let's do this. He's just going to be trouble <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> Arms up, ready, hut, hut. All right. Totally. I'm prepared for him. All righty. And do you do any um, magical practices? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what my favorite one is. I think probably candle magic is my favorite because it's so easy. It's something that anybody can do. Um, I also feel like it's really effective um, and also fun. Like you get to be kind of creative with it. Um, So I like to um, get a candle and I'll choose a particular color based on what it is that I'm wanting to manifest. Like let's say I want to manifest some cash. So I might choose a green candle and then, um, you know, you can 
um, you can dress it. Like I just use like a little bit of like honey or, or coconut oil even, just a little bit on there. And then you can actually put herbs on there too that might be helpful in what you're wanting to manifest. Um, so, you know, like if I'm going to be manifesting money, um, I don't know. I usually, I use mugwort a lot because I just feel like it's a really potent, magical herb for manifesting mm-hmm. in general. So I might put like, roll a little mugwort on there and then you can carve into the candle like a particular amount like let's say i want to manifest five thousand dollars in a month so you can carve in there five thousand dollars and then you can even like write on there like in one month um and then when you burn it um just the whole time you're focusing on what you want to manifest and focusing on feeling what it feels like to receive it so you know that law of attraction um And just doing a meditation, imagining what good I'm going to do with that money, like how I'm going to support my family, support other people, um, what I'm going to be investing in with that money, how that benefits the world, focusing on the flow, you know, receiving and giving and how that's that's good and that's natural. Um, So, yeah, that's probably one of my favorites. I feel like it's so versatile. It's easy and in some cases can be very quick. It could be as long as you need it to be. I do love candle magic myself. Yeah. Yes. Cool. <laughs> awesome. I, I just like the the manifestation of it. You know, we, we kind of coined, coined the phrase, you know, hashtag manifest, manifest like month. a mofo. Mm-hmm. Ah, I love it. Yeah, so awesome. we do manifest Mondays um, <laughs> where we give little tidbits on how to um, do ma- like just good magic tips or magical tip Monday. And we always do hashtag manifest like a mofo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, love right. it. Gotta, gotta thank uh, Nama for that. And Nama's coming back. Yes. Yay. So that's always a fun thing. But let's take a short break and then we're going to dive into an astrology lesson. Millennial Pagan Podcast is exclusively supported by Patreon. Listeners like you can gain great benefits from your favorite show, such as... At $1 a month, you get a personalized shout-out at the end of the next full-length episode. At $5 a month, you receive a thank-you card in the mail with a Millennial Pagan Podcast button and sticker enclosed. Additionally, $5 a month supporters have access to our monthly 30-minute minisodes. Patreon supporters are also the first to learn about new and exciting updates to Millennial Pagan Podcast. More benefits and exclusive content to come. Witchcrafted AZ is back with their Ostar Market. The Ostar Market will be on Sunday, March 15th from 2 to 6 at the Grow House Urban Agricultural Center. Come out and see Millennial Pagan Podcast, Phoenix Pagan Pride, and Crafty Witches Making Witchy Crafts. And we're back, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, astrology, something that's actually been fascinating to me ever since childhood. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, ever since I learned kind of like the, the the basics of like who I am, mm-hmm. because I'm a Gemini, mm-hmm. it kind of just interested me more just to kind of see how the alignment of the planets and the stars just have this special deep significance in who we are. I totally agree. I've always so aligned with Aquarius stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, oh, I, I don't believe in that because it doesn't fit me. I'm like, no, I'm so an Aquarius. Like also, title. Also, yeah. one, one thing that really piqued my interest was uh, Weird Al Yankovic actually came out with a horoscope song. Ah. And it's just, it's completely irreverent, has nothing to do with it, but it's like, it, it, it's just funny just how that how that kind of just all pieced together. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, I just kind of 
made me made me even more interested because you know one of my idols was interested in it. What was funny was last night while I was scrolling, I saw a um, 42 texts about Scorpios and it was just like this one text uh, or tweet was, um, I was on a date with a girl and she asked me my sign. I said Scorpio and she left. And it was like, yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> but anyway, let's learn what all of this pop astrology means and actually get down to business yeah. with Jennifer. Oh, thanks. Well, okay. So I want to just, you know, be clear that um, I have a little bit of imposter syndrome because with astrology, there is, it's so deep, like it's such a deep well. And so there's so much to go into. So my intention for for, for your show is to do a very broad overview and yes. Explain a little bit about the signs and the houses and the planets and how they can relate to one another, mm-hmm. and a little bit about how we can use astrology to support us in our lives. Um, so I don't know where where would you like me to begin? Just basic basics. Yes, okay. let's let's yeah. go from basics, basics and then build up, just in case we have somebody who's like, oh, I don't know anything. I don't even know my sun sign. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's see. I think that for someone who's just beginning with astrology, one of the best ways to begin to align ourselves with the cosmos is to begin to notice the phases of the moon. And I think as pagans... Um, We already do that to some extent. And so that might be a really familiar place to begin. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like with um, tuning into the new moon as a time to perhaps set intentions for the moon cycle, the full moon as a time to see what has manifest, you know, as the full moon, it illuminates things for us so we can see what, what came from those seeds that we were planting at the new moon, and then at the waning moon, looking at what are some things that we're ready to let go of, things that, um, you know, maybe some things that didn't work out that we're ready to, um, you know, let go to the wayside, uh, making space for something new that we want to plant at the next new moon. So just as something to you know, just start thinking about um, looking up, (laughs) you know, we can really connect really well with the moon. And the moon um, is the the fastest moving planetary body. The moon moves into a different sign every two and a half days. Um, And so it's interesting if you look at astrology with where the moon is, what sign it's in. Um, Sometimes it makes sense when you're like, God, everybody's so grumpy today. You know, why do I feel so (laughs) pissed off about life? Especially if you're in the retail world or the (laughs) call center world. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. You would, yeah, be able to almost get like a consensus of like, why is, what's up with everybody today? Um, you know, and then if you might, you know, find a day where you feel like, gosh, everything's just so beautiful and I feel like, you know, everybody's in love or whatever, like you might look at the moon and be like, oh, well, yeah, it's in, you know, it's in Taurus right now or whatever. So, so that's, I think, a a really easy way to start, um, connecting with the cosmos is, um, connecting with the moon and looking at that. Um, so, uh, what I want to talk about, um, I guess to start with would be the signs, because I think that that's what um, 
most of us are familiar with when we talk about astrology. Mm-hmm. And so there are 12 signs, um, and most of us probably know our sun sign. So like, you know, if you're looking at an astrology um, you know, chart or something like that, you, you're like, oh, I'm a Cancer or I'm a Leo or whatever. So, um, you know, based on when you're born, um, you probably know that sign. And that is called the sun sign. And the reason why it's probably the most prevalent, um, you know, the sun sign is because it really relates to who you are. So it's like an, an overarching way of being that you have. Um, and so, you know, you're going to have that in common with those who are born within that, you know, 30 days or so um, with your sun sign. Um, there's also a moon sign, which is where you're what, on the day of your birth, what sign the moon was in. Like we said, it moves every two and a half days. So mm-hmm. um, what sign the moon was in the day that you were born. And then there's also your uh, rising sign or your ascending sign. And that's just a point in the sky um, on the day that you were born. And so um, maybe I could dive into a little bit about the, would you like me to talk about maybe the moon sign too and the ascending of what those are? Yes, and how those relate um, to how you act. I think that's important because I know those three for myself, but I don't know what that means. Like, how does that relate to my personality or Jarrah's personality or Soundguy T's personality? Yeah, totally. Well, I'll use myself as an example. Um, So for myself, my sun sign is cancer. And so, um, you know, cancers are generally very nurturing, like caretakers, um, very motherly. Um, and then my moon sign is in Taurus. Um, and Taurus is very much about it, the earth. Um, it's an earth sign. It's all about the senses. Um, and my rising sign or my ascending sign is in Leo, which is all about um, the self. It's about self-expression, being seen. So um, who I am, what I do in my life is I'm a midwife, so I'm very, like, nurturing and motherly-like. And then um, with with Taurus, my moon sign in Taurus, um, the moon sign is, it's interpreted in many different ways. That's another thing that's important for me to share is that with astrology, there are many different ways of looking at things, and each book that you read will have a little different take even on the meaning of these things. So what does the moon sign mean? For some, they say that the moon sign is what you love. For some, they say that it's um, what your natural instincts are. Um, So it's, yeah, so there's different ways to interpret it. Um, But like my moon sign being in Taurus, I love the earth. Um, You know, I love, um, I also like to like Tauruses can be like bullheaded they say Mm -hmm. and so I'm very much like you know um promoting the things that are important to me and I um like I I don't take shit from people um so that's important it's just a part of who I am and I actually love that I love standing up for myself I love watching other people stand up for themselves um and then my rising sign in Leo um one interpretation of the rising sign is that that's how other people see you 
Um, uh, yeah. So that's like <laughs> some people say it's the mask that you wear. Mm-hmm. Um, the other interpretation is that uh, your rising sign is who you're becoming this lifetime. So who you're evolving into through life experience, um, mm-hmm. the sign that you're moving into. So for me, like, so I'm a midwife, like I said, so that makes sense, you know, and I'm also a mother with my, you know, cancer as my sun sign, um, that I love nature, I'm in the business of nature, and I'll talk about houses in just a minute, but my moon sign, what I love, Taurus, for me, um, is in the house of career, and so my, my career is super important to me, like, that's what I love, that's where I feel the most myself, and then with my ascendant being in Leo, I, I lead um, mama groups. And so I'm in front of, you know, 40 or 50 um, women on a regular basis every month and doing retreats. And I've been doing that for years and years. I was in a band. Um, so like, you know, being in front of people, like people just would assume that, yeah, I love being in the spotlight and stuff like that. So the idea with the ascendant is that if somebody was going to guess what your sign is, they'd probably guess what your ascendant is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why that's an important one to know too. So even though like cancers are, are typically very reclusive and need a lot that the, the sign or the animal uh, symbol for them is the crab, you know, mm-hmm. like with the shell and like, you know, scurrying behind a rock. That is actually true for me. I need a lot of alone time. Um, yeah, like I, I need to be hidden, but then also I love to be in the spotlight. It's a really actually strange combo to have <laughs> astrologically. Um, it's, a, it's all about balance. It, it's, you know, the, the alone time is to recharge your battery so you have the ability to present in front of a large group. Exactly. Yeah. And like we were saying, you know, earlier that um, when we were on the break was that uh, – You know, one thing that I love about astrology, how it's made the biggest difference for me in my life is compassion, Mm -hmm. because it would be easy for me to judge myself and be like, you know, like, why do I always need to retreat, you know, or like, why can't I just, you know, be in front of people like why? Because I this is so such a trip for me too but I have social anxiety and so it's like a person who has social anxiety who puts herself in front of people all the time but but then you look at the stars and it's like well yeah okay Mm -hmm. actually somehow that makes sense but it gives me a sense of compassion like yeah actually I do need that alone time there's nothing wrong with me that I need to run away and hide at times actually like that just like you said that's part of how I can replenish myself and completely natural for you and who you are. That's awesome. I'm I'm so interested now to find out like like my whole my whole shtick. Right? No, you know? she's talking about the ascending <laughs> saying like that's how people see you. Well, my ascending is my father's sun sign. So I'm like, oh, a lot of people do see a lot of my father in me. And I'm like, that's where they see. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's actually really common in astrology to have signs that will kind of weave in together in family. So like mm. I'm a cancer son um, and then my daughter is uh, she's a Scorpio. Um, she's a Scorpio um, son and then she's also a Scorpio moon, but she's a cancer rising. Oh. OK, so my son is also a cancer um, and he's a, a Scorpio rising. So like they have like opposite signs from each other, but they're, we're all water signs. Um, and like, so both my children have some cancer, like, pre- you know, prime primary in their chart. So that's really common oh. for it to run like that. 
through families. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's awesome. That's the exact mm-hmm. kind of tidbit that I'm looking for. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so um, is there anything more that you want to talk about about these three big areas of anybody's chart or of astrology? Um, I think with these three areas, um, just noticing how they intermingle together can be really fascinating. Um, And as you're looking, you know, at the signs of each of those, um, you'll get some really potent insights into yourself. Um, But also looking at the houses that they're in will give you a lot of information, too. So we can talk about that, too. Yeah, Yeah, I I was actually just about to say, you know, you kind of touched on on the houses. I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in that. Yeah. All right. So the signs are, you know, almost like personalities, you know, Mm -hmm. like we were talking about these, you know, the Cancer and Leo and stuff. So those are kind of like the personality types. They have a personality to them. The houses are the areas of your life where these personalities are going to show up the most. So um, it's a wheel um, in astrology. When you're looking at um, the, the signs and the houses, it's a, a wheel. It looks like a – so it's a wheel and it's got um, – with the houses, there's 12 houses. So if you think of um, like a pie cut into 12 pieces, that's what the astrology wheel looks like. And so it starts off with the first house, and the first house is um, where your ascendant is. So um, so like for me, my first house, um, my ascendant is Leo, so Leo's in my first house. Um, and so that house um, is like, uh, yeah, you know, wh- who you are, like what you're developing into, how people see you. Um, it's the house of self. And then um, the second house um, is about like possessions, money, um, yeah, wealth, mostly possessions, Um Third house is about uh, communication. It's um, the house of like groups, also siblings, relationships. The fourth house is the house of family, uh, your foundation. It's also the house of your own mother and how that relationship was. Um, Fifth house is the house of children, creative um, activities, um, fun. Sixth house is the house of uh, health and also how you're of service and also daily activities. Um, Seventh house is relationships, including marriages. Eighth house is sex, death, and taxes. (laughs) The three things we expect in life. (laughs) Ninth house is um, spirituality, philosophy, travel. Tenth house is career how you show up in the world. Uh, 11th house is groups. And 12th house is, um, it's spirituality. It's uh, like meditation. It's like the big, you know, um, the astral realm is like 12th house stuff. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at your chart, so I'll give my for myself as an example again. So my sun sign is in Cancer. We talked about that. Well, my sun sign is in Cancer in the 12th house. So my sun is in the 12th house. So I show up as nurturing and, you know, motherly in the 12th house, which is like that astral realm. So, you know, I'm in the realm of 
of birth, you know, um, holding space for that. And then I also have um, my hypnotherapy certification. I'm a meditation teacher. And so, you know, I love the, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, how to, what, what is my daily practice? And it's, you know, tuning in, being present, you know, it's, um, it's a meditation practice. So that's how that shows up for me with my moon sign being in Taurus, it's in the 10th house of career. So what do I need? You know, like what, how, what's instinctual for me? It's my career. Um, it's doing midwifery. Um, you know, it's leading these mama groups. That's what I love. And then, um, you know, like I said, with my rising being in the first house, you know, of Leo, um, that's, you know, that's me being seen all the time. So you can see how those kind of relate together. Yeah, I like because uh, uh, c- c- you did you did kind of say you know being that your your first house is in the uh, is in the a- a- astrological house that you've had the visions from the past of doing midwifery. Yes, yeah, so exactly. I, I, I kind of find that I, I I love that. That's 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 really awesome. That, that, that's like yeah. speaking to me right now. When you look at your chart, it'll trip you out. Mm-hmm. When you look at those things and you're like, oh, that's why, you know, I love this thing. Or And the opposite can be true too. Like I just did a reading for a gal um, who is a Virgo. And, you know, Virgos are all about, well, generally speaking, okay, they're all about like organization. They're also very dedicated to their work, like, but it, they're passionate about their work. And so she's a Virgo son. Um, and she's like, but I, you know, I want to be organized, but I just can never do it. Like, I just don't understand what's wrong with me. So we looked at her astrological chart. Yes, she does have her sun sign in Virgo. Um, but one thing we haven't talked about, which that's what I'm saying, it's like an endless well. Um, each each planet, um, each, you know, each thing that we're talking about, you know, which is in a house, also has relationships with other planets. And so there's Saturn, And Saturn is the planet of like, okay, you just keep walking into the wall and it's like still there, but you just keep walking into it. Um, And it's because this is, you know, Saturn is there to, to help us along with our evolution. So it's like the peeling back of the layers of the onion. That's what Saturn is all about. And so for her, her son um, had a re- has it was in a square. Um, it's a re- relationship with Saturn, where it's like, yeah, your your life path this time around is you are a Virgo, and it's going to be challenging for you to be a Virgo. Oh. So you yes, <laughs> from so, beginning, <laughs> yeah. So you're learning about that. You're learning about how to move through those challenges this lifetime. How to offer yourself compassion. You know, so it was able, so that gave her this sense of peace, like, okay, it's, there's something wrong with me. It's meant to be challenging for me. And now that I know that, I can give myself grace, you know, as I'm moving through this and evolve, you know, naturally this right. way. So I've heard a thing about the charts is that if you have all these points on this one side of the chart, it's bad and you're probably going to have a hard life. But if you have it all on this other side, you're going to have this blessed life. Is that true? Or is there a way of interpreting that? that that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
Well, uh, so uh, when you have a bunch of planets in a particular house, um, that's called a stellium, and it means that that house is just going to be an important area of your life. Because mm-hmm. um, remember, the houses are just areas of our lives. So that's going to be an area where you're going to have a lot of development um, in that part of your in that air in your life and then when you have a bunch so each each side also of the wheel um is important because like the the first you know two or three those are all about mostly like you you know and then there's like the family and relationships it moves into that part of it and children that's like another part of the wheel four five and six um and then you move into you know, like your career and travel and philosophy um, and groups, like the 11th house is about groups. So you move into that. And then, you know, with the 12th house being more of like the astral realm. So if you have a bunch of planets that are in one of these areas of the chart, um, it just would mean that that you're going to see a lot, you're going to experience a lot this lifetime in that area. So you know, for instance, if you have a ton of stuff that's in your house, you know, the fourth, you know, fifth and sixth house, you're probably going to have a lot of stuff up with family, you know, and maybe some stuff up with health, you know, this time around. So there's definitely no area of the chart where it's like, oh, that's a bad area. And actually, there's not even any, there's nothing bad in astrology, you know, like talking about Saturn, um, Pluto, the planet Pluto, when you have that in, um, and we all have, by the way, we all have all signs Mm -hmm. in our wheel, our individual wheels. We all have all planets in our individual wheels. So we've all got Saturn somewhere in our chart. Um, you know, we've all, and Pluto is the, is the planet of extreme transformation, like big changes happening. So yeah, there are some people, I I know someone who has, um, Pluto in her, her, um, uh, conjunct, which means like sit in, in line with her son. So like her, yeah, she's going to go through big transformations this lifetime. And when you go through big transformations, shit hits the fan on a pretty regular basis and you're working through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the fact that she knows that she's like, yeah, now she's, she's actually just finished, um, a life coaching certification because she's like, look, I've been through the shit. I know how to help people <laughs> make it through the shit. So, hey. so there's no bad area. There's no, you know, bad thing. It's just a matter of learning what you got and then giving yourself compassion and grace around it. Mm-hmm. And I think I forgot, um, we just dived right in to clarify that your chart is based on your um, date of birth, location, and time, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So basically what you're, and we're talking about your natal chart right now. That's what this is called. And this is basically like as if somebody stood right where you gave birth, right where you were born, sorry, where your mom (laughs) gave birth, and then looked up at the sky and took a picture. So, and like where everything was at the moment that you were born and from the location that you were born in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So it's unique, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. It'll be very unique unless somebody was in the same hospital at the same exact second popping out. <laughs> Ready <laughs> to go. It's not going to match. That would be amazing to get to meet like somebody who is, you know, right next to you, you know, in the crib next to you or something like that and see, you know, how, how your lives might be similar. It's a, it's actually kind of funny that, that you mentioned that I was actually watching um, a, a YouTube video about, uh, they do like, like uh, readings from Reddit. And one of the big things is, is like, you know, what's the, what's the one in a million thing that's ever happened to you? And there was this, uh, these two people, uh, this one guy was, was 
kind of writing about it. And he said that he was born in a small town of like 500 people. Um, he traveled the world and like by the time he was 40, he was on a, he was on a complete different side of the planet and he ran into somebody who was born the exact same day within the exact same hour in the exact same hospital. And no coincidence. No coincidence at all. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and, and they were talking like their, their families were intertwined. Their, their family was actually visiting that town and his mom went into labor. Like, I think it was like a month early. Whoa. And so they weren't even supposed to be there, but because they were there, they, they gave, you know, she gave birth there. And then like, they were just talking about their lives and how a lot of things just kind of lined up with, you know, getting specific jobs, specific, uh, specific area of work. So, I mean, yeah, it is kind of one of those interesting one in a million shots. Like I'm actually kind of interested to see who was next to me on that day. (laughs) When I was born, um, I don't know if the New York Times still does this, but my aunt was able to purchase a thing that was like a horoscope for the life of somebody who was born this day in this year. And in it, it said specifically somebody born this day in this year will either lose one or both parents very early on in life. And can you imagine my aunt like going, I just bought this thing and I want to give it to my brother's baby. But I just read this line and then me finding it like at 16 or 17 going, oh, whoa, because mm-hmm. I did lose a parent very early on. So it was just like, whoa, that's chills, creepy. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. it that was just interesting sense. to know that that was already like a thing that I was going to have to work through and in my life. So it was like, oh, oh fascinating. Yeah. But how can somebody um, – how does all of this chart – relates to your horoscope in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's your sun sign, you know, that you're seeing in the newspaper in your horoscope. Um, and the horoscope also is talking about what's happening currently astrologically mm-hmm. and how that might affect you with your sun sign. So, um, you know, our, we have our natal chart where everything is fixed. You know, we, we okay, so you're, the moon was, you know, in Taurus at this degree, you know, when you were born. But, you know, of course, um, everything is moving, you know, continuously, you know, and through the cosmos. Um, and so, um, you know, so that's that's just telling you, like, what what's going to happen in, in relation to where we're at, you know, right now, like how the sun is moving around um, the cosmos. So, like, for instance, um, when your birthday happens, um, you know, the sun is moving back around again. They call it the solar return mm-hmm. um, in, in astrology when you have your birthday. And that's when the the sun that's moving around rolls over your own sun. And so it's a time of personal reflection. We know that. Um, so, yeah, it's about how all the other planets are in relation to, to your sun sign uh, for the horoscope. So that's what they're looking at. Like, they'd be like, okay, well, you know, Venus is... Um, which is the planet of love, you know, Venus is, you know, trying to your sun and trying is, um, it's another way of describing relationships. So, you know, there's, it's in good favor right now. So they might say, you know, look for love. Like it's a good time to, you know, go out on a date or something like that. Um, you know, this, you know, these next few days. So that's how they're, it's, it's loosely based on that. Um, but it's just your sun sign alone. So it gives you a little bit of info, but you know, we take it all with a grain of salt, of course. How would you um, how would you tell our listeners how to pick 
a good horoscope to read? Because we have so many apps, so many places where you can go and read them. What are telltale signs that this person knows what they're talking about and they're not just throwing stuff on the paper? (laughs) Well, that's a great question. (laughs) Honestly, I think that a lot of astrologers who I really respect and love, I think they do go with their intuition Mm -hmm. a lot um, because there's so much that you can be connecting with. So... Um, I like Yasmin Boland. I think she's really great. She's been doing astrology for a long time. She's from Australia. um, And she has a book called Moonology, which I really like. And she has an introductory course to astrology through Hay House, um, which I think is called Astrology Made Easy. And so she is great because she she puts things, you know, it's very clear. Um, she's also very positive in the way that she does astrology. So, you know, um, so doing a, 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 a daily horoscope or something like that, I really like hers because they're very upbeat and positive. And she does share a little bit about why, you know, like she'll say, well, you know, Venus is in the seventh house or whatever. So she talks a little bit about that. Um I also think it's really what you personally resonate with because you could be following an astrologer who who is just doing it completely intuitively and what they say you really resonate with and it really speaks to you. So I would say explore, you know, look around a little bit and just like read read who lights you up, you know, and just go with that. Like that. And how would one go about you know, finding out information about their their chart. You know how how would how would they look for it, or or who should they talk to? Yeah, well, there is a website called um, astro.com, and you can type it. It's kind of complex, but you can type in your information and get a chart from there. the 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 chart is going to have some things that may be difficult to interpret if you're new, um, but it'll give you the information like what's your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising sign, um, and um, and then pr- like doing an intro course I think is really helpful. Um, there's some books that I sent over to you, so you know you can be recommending those for beginners. Um, but of course, you know seeking out an astrologer, somebody who can run your chart direct for you and, you know, give you the specific information that you're looking for can be really fun because there's stuff that that an astrologer can look up for you. For instance, like, you know, what's your, what, what's, what area of your life are you going to be really lucky in, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like what's some information, are you going to get married? You know, like there's stuff in, in our chart that can tell us so many things like, what if somebody is really curious about what's my dharmic path? Like I'm having a hard time finding my purpose. We can give really good information about that from the stars. So finding an astrologer, um, there's a lot. You can get some basics, but you can also dive really deep into questions that you have too. So as Millennial Pagan Podcast, a lot of millennials are about to turn 30. And every single person I know who has dived into astrology is like, 30 is a big deal. Why? (laughs) I'm like, is it just because now we expect we're not children anymore and everyone goes, I'm going to stay 29 forever. It's your Saturn return. Oh, okay. So based on what we know about Saturn now. (laughs) (laughs) You can imagine. (laughs) So yeah, it's, I think it's 32, I think is when you're, so each, each of the planets goes through the signs at a different pace. Mm -hmm. So like I talked about, the moon goes through really quickly every two and a half days. And Saturn, it's like, yeah, every, I think it's every 32 years it comes back around. So yeah, it's, um, 
Yeah, Saturn, that's about your evolution, you know? So it's about looking at yourself and how have I grown? Where do I need to grow? And I kind of look at Saturn like um, it's a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like it's like a mirror. It'll put things up in front of you like, oh, you thought that you were just going to continue forward with this because, you know, it's what you know. No, like it's just going to fall away because, you know, you need to be going this direction for your soul's evolution. Well, if it's at 32, then that's kind of rude because my Jupiter is my 31. Oh. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, from Sound Guy T, we have one last question. What's up with Mercury retrograde? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. I think I think everybody's had that on their mind since the beginning of this episode. Okay, Mercury is about to go retrograde in Aquarius and in my financial sector. I'm not happy Ooh. about this. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just okay. got a bunch of raises. <laughs> well, Mercury is the planet of um, communication and technology, and so. Um, like our cars too fall under Mercury. So Mm -hmm. when Mercury is in retrograde, um, so Mercury is moving forward and then it doesn't actually move backward. It just looks like it does to us. So it's moving forward. It passes over um, the sign that it's in and it seems like it goes backwards through the sign again. Then it goes forward again through the sign. So when Mercury is in retrograde, it's, it's a time to take stock. Where it's like, okay, look around you, you know, like see, you know, what's what's going on, what, you know, what what's what's blowing up, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and <laughs> and it, and it's all information, you know, for us to determine. Okay, we we have our will, you know, thank goddess, we have our will. So, you know, what do we want to do about this? Do we want to, you know, make a change in this area? Or, um, so why, why it can cause us problems is because stuff blows up and then it's, it's annoying, you know, or it's like, why is this happening? And that's one reason why I love astrology, because if you're like, you know, I'm trying to do this project, you know, um, on my computer, I'm developing a website, let's say, and I keep, you know, doing this and it keeps disappearing, you know, or whatever, like it should work, but the button's not working. And then if you if you know that Mercury is in retrograde, you can give yourself a break and be like, okay, you know, maybe I want to come back to this when Mercury is out of retrograde. It can also, astrology can help you plan stuff. So like if you were going to negotiate for a raise, you probably would want to stray away from Mercury in retrograde to have that conversation because when Mercury is in retrograde, things can go a little wonky. Um so with communication as well. So you might want to wait until it's out of retrograde. So it's not that it's a bad thing. And like when Mercury goes retrograde, like you were saying, it's in Aquarius. Um, and we're in Aquarius um, season right now, of course, because your birthday mine. is coming up. So. <laughs> it's my season. <laughs> so, um, so all of us are affected by what season we're in. We're in we're in Aquarius. So all of us are feeling Aquarius vibes right now. And Aquarius is all of well, you know what Aquarius? It's oh, you. I know, <laughs> but my listeners don't. They're not all about me all the time. <laughs> Thank well, gods. 
<laughs> well, it's about expressing yourself. It's about your individuality, but it's also about um, the greater good. You know, you're doing this podcast not for the, you know, four individuals that are sitting here at this table right now. You're doing it for the collective, for the greater mm. good. That's what um, they think. <laughs> <laughs> and for your personal expression, which is beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, for sure. So, you know, with Mercury going in retrograde in Aquarius, we might have stuff that comes up with communication with regard to expressing ourselves, you know, like what's important to us. Um, so it, it gives us pause. It's like, okay, what am I really trying to say here right now about myself? Like, you know, this thing that I do, being a pagan, you know, like having a conversation about that with someone who is, you know, perhaps really strict in a, a you know, a a, a religion that's very limiting, you know, for them to accept other religions. How can I express myself, you know, to this person in a way that's going to be received respectfully and yet all and and yet still be assertive about what's important to me and that I have my rights to, you know, follow what feels right for me. So with Mercury in retrograde, if you have that conversation and it goes wonky, it's an opportunity to look at that for yourself. Well, how do I how do I want to express myself? So, you know, I don't know, Mercury in retrograde, like, it is what you make of it, really, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> I've personally always had actually really good luck in Mercury retrograde. I don't know why. Like, I I've started jobs I've liked in Mercury retrograde. I've made, um, like, life-changing decisions while Mercury was in retrograde, and it's gone well for me. So I can't – I don't complain. I always look at it as, like, a moment to take pause, exactly like what you said, and think before I speak um, and think before I do. And if something does happen – I get like that moment of, okay, give it a second. Mercury's being slow, figuring himself out in, in wherever he is. But that's really always have I, how I've looked at it is always mm -hmm. a moment to take pause and think before I speak. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I've never had like a bad Mercury retrograde. It's always been more Freddy. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, that's your perspective on it, you know, because of, yeah, how you're looking at it, how you're accepting it. Okay, this feels a little off right now. Okay, you know, so yeah, that's perfect. It's a great way to explain how to powerfully be with Mercury and retrograde or anything that's going on astrologically. Like there's a reason, you know, that we're experiencing this right now. What's the lesson I can take from this? Very much. I love that. For the whole entire show, that's exactly what we need to say is that what lessons do we need to take from the sky? Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on and giving us that amazing lesson. I hope all of you got as much as I did out of it because this is very much an area where I don't have a whole lot of knowledge personally. So it was something I was really excited to do, not just because, you know, it's my birthday and it's all about me time because it's Aquarius time, but it's also all about our Patreon supporters. Yay. We want a big thank you for Aaron and, of course, Simon for coming back. So thank you to both of you guys for being Patreon supporters supporters and if you are at the five dollar mark or higher you'll be getting your thank you note in the mail very shortly yes and um well jara how do they find you on the interwebs uh, of course i'm on twitter under at jara stone and of course my instagrams at uh it's haggard underscore haggard underscore cosplay awesome Yes. yes, and uh, if anybody wants to uh, find out more information about what you do or uh, about uh, kind of just getting in contact with you for uh, for the reasons that we were talking about on the show, how do we how do we reach you? 
On Instagram, uh, Magical Mamas is at Magical Mama Phoenix, and it's uh, Mama is M A M A, and then Phoenix all the way spelled out, Magical Mama Phoenix. And we post stuff on there um, all the time about our circles that we're doing, stuff about you know the astrological realms, um, the wheel of the year, all those kind of things are posted on there. Witchy shit, um, mostly mm. from mamas. <laughs> uh, and then on Facebook, it's uh, magical mama retreat is on facebook awesome and if they want to get in contact with you to have you do their chart or anything astrological is there any other location that they can get to you or are those the best places to start Uh, they can actually set up an appointment online through magical mama retreat on facebook awesome nice sweet okay and of course you guys can find me at autumn iron wolf iron wolf circle on wordpress you can find me on facebook as autumn wolf and on twitter as autumn wolf and you can find the millennial pagan podcast instagram at uh pagan pod you can also find us on twitter and facebook pagan pod on twitter millennial pagan podcast on facebook yeah and of course you can check us out at uh, the Astara market coming up pretty soon. There was a, there's probably a commercial about that. Yep, and don't forget about Patreon. If you are not a Patreon supporter, I'm sure you already know how to do that from another ad that was somewhere in the middle of this episode. Yeah. Thanks to Sound Guy T. <laughs> so from all of us here, Merry Meet. Merry Part. And, and Merry Meet, meet again. again.